This podcast and others are brought to you by everythingvoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. Everything Voluntary, From Politics to Parenting, is an anthology of writings on voluntarist themes covering politics, religion, markets, parenting, and education. You may download the book for free or purchase it in paperback at everythingvoluntary.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is February 8th, 2021. I hope that you enjoyed the football holiday yesterday. Super Bowl, what was it? Super Bowl... 55, I think. I was hoping for a better game. It was a bit one-sided. Of course, uh, the Buccaneers totally stomped the Chiefs, which I was not expecting. I was expecting a good game. I was expecting it to come down to the last couple of drives, but that didn't happen. It's okay. Um, I didn't have a horse in the race. I did just want to witness something that may, may never be witnessed again. And that is somebody's somebody's 10th Super Bowl and potentially 7th Super Bowl win. Okay, watching that history unfold was pretty cool. I got to see Michael Jordan's six rings. Well, wasn't really paying attention until the last couple of rings. Of course, he beat my Utah Jazz uh, two years in a row. But just being able to see basketball's goat was pretty cool. And now I've seen, over the last 20 years, of course, we've all seen football's GOAT, greatest of all time. And he's not done. He's coming back next year. I think he was on a two-year contract. So he, uh, it's been impressive. It's been, it's been kind of tiresome on the one hand, but also kind of uh, interesting on the other. Okay, anyway, that's not what this podcast, this episode is about. I was just driving home after dropping my wife off somewhere, and... I was listening to one of my podcasts. This is the Megan Kelly podcast, and she was talking to Tim Dillon. Megan Kelly's okay. I disagree with her on a lot of things, but she has uh, sometimes very interesting people on. She's had Alan Dershowitz on. I disagree with him on a lot. He's a liberal, um, but he's interesting. Um, and she's got Tim Dillon on, which I like Tim Dillon. He's been on. Joe Rogan. He's got his own podcast. I really don't listen to his podcast. It's too much Tim Dillon. But when he's on somebody else's like Rogan or Lex Friedman or Megyn Kelly, then I'll, I'll listen. And I don't know why he was, he was talking about something. And then in my head, I was sort of doing a monologue. <laughs> and I kind of went in a direction I didn't expect to go here in my own head. And I was sort of just sort of role-playing as if I was talking to Megyn Kelly. And I was telling her that I'm probably more liberal than she than she is on some things. For example, I'm pro-choice. And when I said that, I when I said I'm pro-choice in my own head, I don't think I've ever said that to myself. Now, I did write um I did write an essay on my 
views on abortion. Let me pull it up here. And I have already um, read the essay and added commentary. That was editor editor's break number 129. This is when this was before I merged my podcast types, my conversations with my monologues, and I merged them together, which is my current my current episode count comes from adding those two together. But at the time, this was in January 2019, so it was several months after I wrote this. Um, I read it for the podcast and I added commentary. But I'll it, that's editor's break 129, and I guess I'll link to this. But it, it came down the reason I would call myself pro-choice. And in fact, in this essay, I not only call myself pro-choice, but I also call myself pro-life. And the reason I'm pro-life, and I and let me just let me just read this uh, let me just read this paragraph. It says my personal preference is that no woman ever has the need or desire to have an abortion. I prefer that all would-be moms and dads treat the procreative power that nature has granted them with the utmost care. Be sure not to have an unwanted pregnancy, and you'll never have cause for an abortion. Let's say the unthinkable happens anyway. Then what? I prefer that all expectant moms desire to keep and raise their babies, and to do so consistent with the principles of attachment and peaceful parenting and radical unschooling. For this reason, I am pro-life. And then I go on, these are my preferences. If a woman in my life asked for my advice, this is what I would tell her. But also, I would throw my support behind her and be there for her. If this woman was one of my daughters or my son's partner, They would hold no doubts that as their father, I would do everything in my power to help them raise their baby. If the dad is out of the picture, then I feel it is my solemn responsibility to be the dad that every baby needs for who would be my grandchild. Uh, Beyond my preference and willingness to support any given woman who faces this question, I don't feel I have any ground to stand on when it comes to this, this decision by women. If I'm not willing to throw my support behind a person to keep their baby, then their choice is none of my business. I prefer they make the choice to keep and raise their baby, as already described, but I respect that they must do what they feel is necessary for them to do. I'm not interested in any action beyond that. I do not believe that it would be right for me to coerce a woman into making the choice that I prefer. For this reason, I am pro-choice. So that's, you know, this essay is a bit longer and a bit more filled out. Again, I'll link to this if you're interested. But in the context of how how people normally talk about abortion, right, that that political and legal context, I must say that I'm pro-choice. And that's weird because I've never really said that to myself. It's weird to say I'm pro-choice when I am so obviously also pro-life. But that's all all pro-choice is, is recognizing that unless I'm willing to take responsibility for your actions – then what you choose to do, as long as it doesn't affect me or mine, then it's truly none of my business. Okay, my preference is just that. It's my preference. You can agree with it, you can take advice from it, or you can ignore it. That is your right. If I'm not willing to adopt, right, to support you and adopt your baby, who you're, you know, who you're not willing to to, to keep and to raise, then I, I truly have no place. My opinion, my preference, my will has no place in the decision. The decision is yours and whoever you would ask to help you with it. Now, obviously, there's some gray area there with maybe a father who wants to keep the baby and a mother who doesn't and a father who is willing to keep the baby and take full custody. 
and a mother who is not. But in that situation, unless it's me, which I'm very careful, I'm very, from the very beginning, I'm very careful to make sure I'm not put in that situation. That's, that's my responsibility, right? Whether or not I allow myself to become party to that, I have responsibility for that. And if I'm, if I'm not party to that, if this is somebody else's predicament and it's not, you know, my kid or grandkid or something, and, and even if it is, then it's none of my business. If it's a stranger, if it's everybody else in the world, if it's somebody else out there who's going through this, that's not a problem for me to solve. I'm not willing to take responsibility for that. And I'm not willing to pretend that I have the right to give anybody else authority to insert themselves into that situation. That is between the people involved and they need to work it out. Maybe if I had a large sum of money and, you know, I could offer if I, if I really cared. And there's a, there's a lot of pro-life people that probably have a lot of money. And it's like, look, I want to keep my baby. Here's just a hypothetical. I want to keep the baby as a father. My girlfriend does not. Okay, I can't compel her. So what are my options? And I, I shouldn't be allowed to compel her. What are my options? Well, I've got to persuade her. And if I don't have the funds to persuade her, then I can hopefully try to convince some some wealthy pro-life person right? Start a campaign, maybe uh, fundraise it to say, look, I want to keep my baby. My girlfriend doesn't. I need a stack of cash that I can dangle in front of her to convince her to go through this nine months period and then and then give up her baby. So you crowdfund it, you fundraise it, right? Go fund me, Kickstarter, <laughs> kickstart your baby. <laughs> but I was I was sort of going in this direction of if I'm not willing to take responsibility for the outcome, the decision probably shouldn't be mine. And I probably shouldn't be forced to take responsibility for the outcome. So that's, that's abortion. But abortion isn't the only, um, the only thing that government is involved in. Okay? Uh, abortion, to many people, is viewed as a type of murder. So if I accepted that premise that abortion was murder, and, and here I am saying, I'm not willing to take responsibility for the child, so it shouldn't be up to me whether or not the mother murders her baby. Why are why stop there? Right? If I feel good with this logic that I'm employing, why stop at fetuses? What about toddlers? What about uh infants? What about infants? What about toddlers? What about children? What about adolescents? What about teenagers? What about <laughs> what about what about? If I'm not willing to um, adopt somebody's infant who no longer wants it, then is it any of my business if they leave it in the in a room to uh, to starve to death? Or you know that would be a an uh, an indirect way of killing it, but or to actually grab it, put it underwater, and drown it, right? Get it over with in five minutes, right? If I'm not willing to take responsibility for that infant then what business is it of mine to interfere with that? How is that any different than the abortion question, right? If a fetus is a person and has potential to grow up, and it does, then so does an infant and so does a toddler. Now, I will say this. If I was actually faced with this scenario where I knew somebody was putting up their hand and saying, I'm done with this child, I'm not going to uh, be a slave to it anymore, I probably would say, okay, give me your kid, right? 
if the child's already born and I can see its face and it, it's developing a personality, I think that would be, that would be kind of hard for me, my own conscience, 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 <laughs> fuck, conscience to let them set that baby down and, and never pick it up again until it, you know, until it's no longer breathing. I would probably take responsibility for that baby. I would say, give me your baby and then, you know, do what I need to, to find somebody who needs a baby and failing that, make it one of my own. And I say that, and at the same time, I'm comfortable, comfortably here in my, my library, in my office, in my home, in Salt Lake City, Utah, America. And there are probably women right now, somewhere in the world, leaving their baby to die. It's probably happening every day, dozens of times, somewhere in the world, either willingly or because they just don't have enough to feed it right out of out of abject poverty they're leaving their baby to die and i'm not on some kind of crusade looking for those babies to adopt them i'm not doing that but i'm okay my conscience isn't telling me to go start do to do that now if if it was somebody in my family if it was somebody maybe in my neighborhood if it was that close to me my conscience would probably say don't let that baby die or don't let that child starve Go get it. And I would, I would assume responsibility with all the, the accompanying rights and privileges of becoming that child's parent. It would be up to me how the child's raised. And it would be to me that their loyalty, the, their loyalty would be earned and vice versa. I'm not interested in raising somebody else's kid just for it to stab me in the back and, and run off when it's able. <laughs> I would raise it as if it were my own. And the love would be earned and the respect would be earned both ways because that's how I raise my kids. But I don't know anybody who uh, has that problem right now for me to intervene. But I think, I think there would be situations if it was close, if it hit close enough to home that I would feel compelled to do that. But otherwise, again, it's the same thing. If I'm not willing to take responsibility, then it's truly none of my business. And if I am willing to take responsibility, then I I I take responsibility. I don't pawn it off on some coercive third party called government and say you go do this because that's not take taking responsibility, that's outsourcing responsibility. You have no control over what they do and how they do it. So you can't you can't truly say they're representing you in how they're going to do things. They're not going to do things the way you want them, the way you want them done. And as it turns out, they do things um, horribly, right? These institutions, child protective services and whatnot, that go into people's homes and rescue kids usually get it wrong. I don't know what the statistics are. Maybe it's not usually, but very often they get it wrong and they end up causing more problems than they solve. But we can all imagine the scenario where some kid is, you know, left to starve almost every day and is just in a horrible situation. And these days, We've all shirked responsibility for that. I'm not saying we have. I'm not saying we have any sort of obligation or responsibility for that. I'm not saying that. We don't. I don't believe we do. I think it's our choice. Whether or not we want to assume responsibility for that is up to each and every one of us. But what's happened is there's this coercive third party that has taken responsibility for that and let the rest of us off the hook, right? So now, you know, it's easy for us to 
soothe our consciences and say, it's not our problem. It's not our problem, baby. Go back to sleep. <laughs> let the let the authorities handle it. And then somebody gets shot and somebody, you know, somebody dies. <laughs> and I I think that is I think that is a worse situation. I think having all of this, all of this kind of thing outsourced to an impersonal, uncaring, unco- uncompassionate, discompassionate, what's the word there? Coercive third party called government is worse than family and friends and neighbors and communities feeling the compunction, feeling their consciences pricked by this and taking responsibility. And it doesn't end at child endangerment. It's also, you know, just standard welfare. You know, when people fall on hard times, are we coming together and giving aid and support and comfort and helping them through that? Or are we simply acknowledging that somebody, you know, some somebody else will take care of that problem? We don't need to think twice about it. And that's that's the problem with with government getting involved in that stuff is that it 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 destroys community in that way. It destroys the 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 ability for our consciences to be pricked into action to help our fellow man. We just outsource it. And then we don't need to get our hands dirty. And I think society is worse off for that. So that's, you know, and you, we can go further with this, right? We can we can look at criminals, right? We can look at murderers. Am I willing to take responsibility for a murderer who needs to be kept out of society because he's a danger? Well, maybe. Maybe I'll put up some funds every month to imprison him because I feel like that's going to keep my family safe. Or maybe in taking responsibility, I'll say, you know what? This guy's obviously dangerous. He's unrepentant. He's like a raging tiger and somebody needs to put him down. And maybe that person will be me. Or maybe that person will be somebody that I'll get some funds together to pay to do it. (laughs) Right? Who wouldn't put together a Kickstarter to put a bullet in Jeffrey Dahmer's head because of the clear and present danger that he represents to everybody. Okay, I think when somebody, when it's obvious enough that somebody is a a loser, a bad guy, a criminal, an aggressor, a a a villain, then then I don't I don't think it would be very hard in a free society to get rid of that person. And maybe it's just kicking them out. Maybe it's just exile and ostracism. That's probably where it would start for most guys until they come back and demonstrate that they're reformed. And there will probably be institutions that will willingly uh, take these people in just to give them a warm bed because they can't get one anywhere else. And then they'll probably be a cheap source of labor for them to pay for it. That's how I think it would happen in a free society. I don't think prison systems would look anything like it does today. I I think I like the Bob Murphy... um, Maybe Murray Rothbard's talked about it too. Maybe Walter Block. That version of how prisons would be voluntary, right? Somebody would would use a prison to be protected as an outlaw from the rest of society who wants to put him down, right? Maybe we shouldn't call it a voluntary prison. Maybe we should call it a voluntary zoo because it'll be filled with predators and animals. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a voluntary zoo and a source for cheap labor, 
right? Because they've got to earn their keep. They've got to earn their room and board somehow. So these places will contract with, you know, bigger companies to have them make widgets or whatever. That makes sense to me. That seems sensible. And those who don't want to um, take advantage of that service would simply be an outlaw who can be hunted for sport, if you like, by anybody who feels like this person's got to go in order for me and my family to feel safe. I think that's a better criminal justice system than what we have today. I think what we have today, again, is an outsourcing of this, and it's uh, it, it ends up creating more injustice in its implementation than than it's uh, than it's meant to, or maybe it is. Who knows? So that's that's the the key here, right? If we if we take this winding road I, I've I've been walking down, and we find the common thread, the common thread throughout is what are you, what of other people's actions. What are you personally willing to take responsibility for? And if you're not willing to take responsibility for it, then it's none of your business. That's that's the the common thread throughout, whether we're talking about abortion or child protection or incarceration or welfare. And that's 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 the foundation of a free society, right? It's it's a question of responsibility, what you're willing to take on. And what you're not, and you shouldn't be forced to take on responsibility for somebody else. That doesn't make sense. That that would be its own type of injustice. So that's it for this episode. It's just something that was on my mind, and I thought, you know what? Let's walk down this road together. I hope it was interesting. Let me know what you think. I'll link to this article. I do have a second article on on how uh, departments of justice is are actually departments of injustice. Let me find that. And I'll link to that as well. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll find that Bob Murphy, I think it was a private prisons. I don't know if you ever wrote it. I think it was a video. Yeah, prisons in a free society. It's a YouTube video. I'll link to that too. Or maybe there is something on it. Anyway, I'll do a few links. But all right, that's it. Please remember, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, and don't ask permission. Thank you so much and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to everythingvoluntary at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe to Thinking and Doing, a podcast where I examine logical fallacy, cognitive bias, stoic teachings, and tips on being better at life. You can rate and review this podcast in your podcast app, and please share it with everyone you know. Please consider supporting this podcast and everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EVC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary.com.